I can in any way provide help or inspire, uh, you know, even one person out there, I'm thrilled, thrilled to partake because I know what it took when I decided to leave corporate life that I, when I needed help and I needed advice to have people who'd, be, you know, been carving out the path, it was invaluable to me to have, you know, to be able to talk to people or hear what they had to say. So I'm so happy to be on this end of it, really. We're on episode 149. Boom! Hey, hey, what's going on? This is Katie Kermitzos. I'm your host of Biz Women Rock. This is the place where you will hear really inspirational and really honest stories from businesswomen who have great journeys to share so that your business can truly be touched by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. You know I always love the stories behind great businesses. Postcard Mania started as a one-woman show and has flourished into a marketing empire. Why? Because they produce results for their clients. Small business owners just like you and me all over the globe who look to them for support in direct mail marketing, email marketing, Google pay-per-click, and so much more. And guess what? You can get a 1,000 free postcards today when you go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. My guest today is Jackie Kelso. She is the founder of Point Maker Communications. She's a professional development trainer and a coach, and she really specializes in brain-based coaching, leadership coaching programs, uh, just about everything. She has a very interesting story about how she ended up getting Dale Carnegie as one of her biggest clients. I'm talking the Dale Carnegie training program, She uh, and how she actually got one of her training programs uh, kind of uh, taken up by them, which is a very neat story. In this interview, she goes in deep about what it took to actually build up her clientele and what it took to convert that clientele from just interested to actually signing on with services with her, how she got into the corporate space and doing training for corporate, and how she continues having those referrals go around. She also talks about her pricing structure as well as the fluidity of her business, meaning that she kind of just takes it a day at a time and keeps on letting it evolve, which is very awesome. So let's get into this conversation with Jackie. What's up, Jackie? Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Katie. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I got to tell you, when I was doing my research for the show, I, I put in Google Jackie and Kelso, and I spelled your name, your last name wrong. And what do you think came up? Uh, the 70 show. Yep. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm seeing Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me respell this. <laughs> that is so funny. I know when, when my husband and I got married, every, everyone said, oh, my God, now it's Jackie and Kelso for real. It was very funny. <laughs> By the way, you should do some like strategic tagging and you know uh, <laughs> keywording in your uh, in all of your stuff. That'd be great. That's a great idea. Never thought of that. Do some piggyback marketing. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you have done some pretty awesome things since you've launched your company, and I'm really excited to expose that to everyone and to share how you've done that. Um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about pre point maker communication. 
What kind mm-hmm. of stuff were you doing before you started this company that really geared you up for it? Like, what, what, what sort of precipitated this, this company? Mm, thank you for asking. Well, um, the story is that in, in my former career, I was in advertising sales. And in one particular job, it was at MTV Networks, I was selling advertising, specifically on the Nickelodeon side of things. And, um, and my boss basically said that he was going to fire me unless I improved my people skills. And this was despite the fact that I was billing millions of dollars for the company as a, as a salesperson. But it was really the people skills. And I wasn't getting along with him, so that really was the issue. Anyway, he sent me to the Dale Carnegie course, which is about human relations and effective communication. And, you, you know, Dale Carnegie wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I loved the course, and it changed my track. It changed me because it opened me up to the idea that uh, not only was I, was I not aware of how I was communicating or the kind of impact I was having on people, but that I had the choice of being able to become positive or make positive impact on others. And I was in the communications industry. So I, I got very turned on by all of this. this so this is ni- like 1989, 1990. So years went by, I I was still in advertising sales, I continued on the path, and then in the beginning of 2002, I was fired from my VP job in media sales, and I sat there thinking, and I was thrilled, thrilled actually, because I had been doing it for so long, and I didn't know where else to turn, and I was just looking for something new. So it was one of those beautiful kismet things. This wasn't and because of said, your. This wasn't because of the lack of your people skills at this point, was it? No, no, no. It was because. <laughs> thank you for asking that. It was because. <laughs> that's so funny. It's because um, I had because this new management came in and wanted to basically fill in their own team because I had been at that company by that point for four years and had built a lot of of business and it had been done well. So it was really a new management issue. Anyway, it was it was fine. Uh, I had a great severance package and um and I was talking with a friend saying, God, you know, I just do I have to go into another ad sales job? I'm so tired of it and she said, you know, you wanted to become a Dale Carnegie trainer, remember? I said, Oh my goodness, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So I called Dale Carnegie Training here in New York, and I inquired about going through training to become a trainer. And wouldn't you know, the timing was so perfect, they were looking for candidates to put through training. And I went through the very rigorous program uh, beginning in the beginning of 2003, very rigorous 18-month program to become a certified trainer. Wow. Meanwhile... Like, like 18 months I, as in like how, like are you talking like, okay, five hours a week just to get through these modules or are you talking like intense, major, it's an 18-month like you're going through school? It's, a, it's like going through school. Wow. It's very intense because... Dale Carnegie training is especially ISO 9001 certified. It's a, the highest ranking level of certification in the training field, and you have to be a licensed instructor. So, but what happened was that I, I still needed to go back to work while I was becoming certified, and I wasn't clear that that was 100% the path yet, but I was loving every minute of it. So I took another ad sales job. It was at Hearst, and I was running the teen internet division there, this was the end of 2003, and while I was there full-time and I was bringing in salary, which, which, was, which was needed, I was training at Dale Carnegie at night. 
And I was loving it. I was soaking it up, and I was starting to recognize that this was where I was headed. So at the end of 2005, I, I was fully certified, and I realized that I wanted to really invest my time in a new career, and it was professional development training and coaching. So I exited Hearst, and I exited corporate life, and that was it. I, I closed the door on it officially. That was the end. Over. No more. And at the time, I was 45 years old. So I had really been in advertising for over 23 years by that point. Wow. And I said, you know, I, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how much money I'm going to make. I have no idea if this is going to work, but I have to give it a try. And my then boyfriend is a jet was he is now my husband a jazz musician, and he lived his life just living through passion, doing what he does. The money would come in, the gigs would come in, and I saw this going on with him, and I said to myself, "This can happen for me too." So mm-hmm. he was my inspiration. So, so when you were done with the Carnegie program, like, do they do they actually set you up as a formalized trainer where you're getting paid by the like, are you an employee of, of Carnegie or because I, you know, what what is that system like? I mean, they don't just like let you you're finished and then, OK, go off into the world or is that how it works? Right. Well, you, you I, I mean, you're you're considered a, you're a freelancer, but they do consider, I think, from a payroll standpoint that you're an employee. I mean, I don't really know too much of the detail, but you are under contract with a specific franchise. So I'm under contract with the New York Center, and that's where, you know, I'm hired out of, although I can be hired by different franchises, you know, around the world from Dale Carnegie because I am a certified licensed Dale Carnegie trainer, and I'm certified in multiple courses at this point. Um, But so, you know, they, they will hire you based on the need, whether it's a public program or a corporate client um, so it, 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 but it, there's no guarantee of how many hours or how many, uh, courses you'll teach. Gotcha. So you, you had left corporate, you were now kind of, you know, going one by one to whenever Dale Carnegie called upon you mm-hmm. and kind of doing mm-hmm. these trainings. At what right. point did you realize, okay, I need to start my own gig, my own. Thing. Yeah. What was that point? It was so. One, so now we're in the beginning of 2000, we're in 2006 at this point and I'm, you know, teaching Dale part-time, and I'm realizing, okay, I need to generate more money. That, you know, it will never end up that I can just rely just on Dale Carnegie, at least not at that point. It's, gr- it's grown substantially since then, but at that point, it, it just wasn't. Also, because I wasn't certified yet in a few of the courses that I now am certified in, which provides me more opportunities to train. So I realized this, and I hadn't formalized the, the name Point Maker Communications by this point, but what I had started to do was I had started to go to a lot of networking events and started talking to people, and I started doing things like offering 20-minute free consultation on topics such as uh, interpersonal effectiveness or communication or how to pitch your services. I became an expert in helping people uh, deliver an elevator pitch. Uh, you know, to be able to communicate their their strength, their strengths, their credibility very quickly at a networking event, and I started to develop, uh, you know, these skills to help people. So I, I went on doing this while I was becoming certified in other Dale Carnegie programs at the time, so that by the time 2008 rolled around, I was I think to myself, okay, I really want to formalize this out of out of the Dale realm. Who am I? What do I do? 
and I was talking to some people, like, how do I come up with the name of my company? And I started thinking, well, what is it that I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, I help people get to the point, whether it's on an interview or a presentation or communicating one-on-one. That's what I do. I help them make their point, point maker communication. Nice. <laughs> it just fell out of me. When I, when I got it, I got it. So I launched my website, and I decided that, that what I wanted, the way that I wanted to approach my website was really as a blog, and I am also a writer. And so I decided to make it a blog where I would write articles that would be beneficial to my audience and have that as a reference up there for anyone to see. And I subsequently then, you know, fleshed out LinkedIn and, um, you know, have my resume clearly, clearly associated with my LinkedIn profile. And, uh, and you know, I, I've been continually adding articles to my blog. I've been published by other um, other websites um, because they've seen my work online. They've been interested in interviewing me or interested in um, having me write for them. Um, and it, it's been a really fantastic journey. And so, I, I have some good traffic, a good following with my blog, but of course it can always grow. So Jackie, let me ask you this. Um, there's a couple things I want to dig into that you mentioned in that story there. You know, you mentioned about like going around to networking groups and really a sta- like doing your own elevator pitch to people and being able to like actually talk about what you were doing. And uh, what I am desperate to know is how did you actually retain clients? Like how did you actually get clients? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because in the communications space, people get like it's what I I graduated with my degree in communication and it's it's mm-hmm. you know this art of communicating with people and presenting yourself and all that stuff and it's not it's not an easy thing to wrap your arms around and say yes that that is valuable enough for me to pay this person to teach me this like right, how right. did you package that so that you actually gained clients and they saw value in learning how to communicate better mhm so to answer your question i didn't just go to just these big networking festivals where there are thousands of people. I was very selective about what type of networking I wanted to do. So, for example, there was this this networking salon that I was on this committee to build, um, and it was, a, it was sort of a, more of an exclusive type of salon with, with a very specific invitation list of other women who were previously executives or career shifting, um, who had also had good connections, where at the salon you would practice not only pitching what you do, but offering a service. So that that's where I would I would demonstrate that I was excellent at pitching my services, so that I could model for people that I can teach you how to do this as well. So people would come up to me and say, I really want to be able to pitch myself as good as you're pitching yourself. I want to be able to communicate as effectively. You're so powerful when you speak. You're, you're so clear. You're so concise. I want that too. So by being that role model, by demonstrating that, that drew attention. Gotcha. And then offering, you know, I'll give you 15 minutes, I'll give you 20 minutes of, of free coaching. That led people to say, I want more, and, and sign me up. So, so I would sign them up for more sessions. 
So let me ask you this and go a little bit deeper in this. How did you structure like your sales packages? So now somebody's come in and they got 15 minutes free with you. They're blown away by you. How did you structure, okay, like did you have here's package one, here's package two, here's right. package three? Like what, mm-hmm. was the, what was that process? How did, you, how did you like actually package it in a way that converted? So I actually made a very conscious decision not to have, uh, you know, a package A, package B, package C, because um, I offer so many different things from presentation skills to one-on-one communication skills of being assertive to group workshops or corporate training. There's so many things that I do that I decided it would be overwhelming to list absolutely everything. So I decided that I would just say I have a flat hourly fee, and that's basically how you're going to pay me. Now, my fee has increased over the years, but I have a fee. Right now, it's $250 an hour. I think seven years ago, it might have been 175 or something when I was starting out. But I count every single thing I do based on an hourly rate. So if I'm going to design a training manual, if I'm going to stand in front of your your group, if I'm going to coach you one-on-one, that's it. I don't give a frequency discount. I don't operate that way. So it's just an hourly rate, and that's what you're paying for every single time. Gotcha. Are you using LinkedIn? Okay, let me ask that another way. Are you really using LinkedIn in a way that truly produces results for your business, like big time? Well, if you're anything like me and so many other businesswomen out there, you probably have a LinkedIn profile set up, but may not really do a lot with it. Or if you're actually on LinkedIn and you're active, perhaps you're not getting the results that you need. That's why you have got to know about LinkedIn Focus. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Niall Nickel, the founder of LinkedIn Focus, so you can see how using the right tools with the right platform can be explosive for your business. So what I love about LinkedIn Focus is that it shoves aside the 8,000 messages that you have about LinkedIn and all these strategies on how to use LinkedIn. It shoves all that aside and gets down dirty right to the point on what works, what doesn't and how you can really apply it to your business to produce results. It it absolutely does. I mean, at the bottom of the day, it's a tool. You could get really excited because you get really massive results very quickly. LinkedIn Focus is where I really try to help uh, business and individuals leverage the power of LinkedIn for their goals. If you are not getting business from LinkedIn, then LinkedIn Focus is a must. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. So how, uh, let's go back to that moment where you started actually building up this clientele and now you're sort of building a business outside of Dale Carnegie, but you, but you launched this in 2008. So what was that like launching your business in the middle of this crazy recession, everything that was going on in the economic landscape in the United States? It was very scary and it was very difficult. Um, At the time in 2008, um, I was just really hanging on and mostly doing these networking events. And at the time, you know, beautiful things happen just when you need them. Um, the guy who was running the alumni program at Pace University, his name is Barry Miller, and he's just a darling human being. He came across my name from someone that I knew from a networking, the networking salon, who had given my name to him as someone who might be a good speaker for his alumni group. And so the alumnus were p- people who were already in the job market. 
And he invited me to do a, a presentation, and I decided to develop a workshop called Effective Networking. Uh, 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 I called it From Strangers to Allies in Just Three Minutes. And I developed the program, literally how to teach people to get people to open up, to create common ground, and get a follow-up a follow next step uh, immediately in a short window of time. And I became known for that. So I started actually taking that workshop. And again, this is 2008 when there wasn't a lot of money to generate. But I started offering that workshop to other groups. And it got picked up by the Association for Fundraising Professionals. And it got picked up by, if there was another group that eludes me right now. And I was doing this at Pace University. So it started to generate uh, I started generating a name, even though I wasn't generating a hell of a lot of income. Got it. So as the as we approached 2009, and my LinkedIn profile was was up, I started getting requests for people to connect with me. And then as 2000, 2009, I started picking up more uh, more corporate clients who were finding me on LinkedIn, and I started working in corporations doing one-on-one coaching and training gigs, and because of NDAs, I don't believe that I have the luxury of letting you know which companies they are, but uh, it, a lot in the fashion industry, for example, in the um, in technology, uh, I have a lot of clients in technology and, and fashion, and there's some other industries as well, in finance, um, but I started getting known as a, a good corporate trainer uh, in these in these other areas, not just one on one, and there's more money in that than there is just doing one on one coaching. Right. But at the same time, I knew that I was still limited because uh, because I you know there was no knowing how many corporations could I possibly get gigs in, how many one on one coaches coaching clients can I pick up, how much will Dale Carnegie hire me. So through a contact I had who was a trainer at the Neural Leadership Group, he invited me to come in and become a certified a coach for the Neural Leadership Group in the brain-based coaching. Now, I didn't end up getting hired by them, but I did end up getting, getting certified to do this type of coaching, which added to my certifications and the type of work that I can provide to clients. Hmm. So that, being able to market that, helped me pick up clients as well. Were you doing anything kind of proactively, with, especially with some of those higher level clients, to like encourage them to refer you or to, mm -hmm. um, like, what? it's sort of like, I call that internal marketing. Like, you're kind of marketing to your clients already. What kind of stuff were you doing in that space to really um, help them remember you and to kind of nudge their other corporate buddies about saying, hey, you got to use her? Well, that is because in developing these relationships, I literally ask them for both leads and if they would mind, you know, re referring referring me or recommending me. And I also made sure to collect a lot of refer a lot of recommendations on LinkedIn. And I also have what I call a tout page on my website, uh, and that that also helps a lot. That builds a lot of credibility, and um, and it's it's you know it's really being out in the world now. Now I, I have I only have so much time, and so in the last few years, Dale Carnegie training has been, you know, taking up a huge amount of my time in working with their public cor classes and their corporate clients. 
So to answer your question about continuing to get out there, they're keeping me very busy. Right, right. So I have, you know, since that's work that's right in front of me, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to that. Plus, I mean, it's a job that I value and cherish, so why would I want to say no to it? Exactly. It's perfectly fantastic work. Um, so that, you know, that really eliminates me from, ha- you know, marketing myself on a large scale to try to pick up a lot more corporate clients. I only have so much time in the day. Well, and that's going to bring me to kind of how you've developed your team, okay? So you you mentioned before we got on the air that you have made a very conscious decision to be a one-woman show, and that was very important to you. So can you talk a little bit about that and maybe how you spend your day? Like, where do you spend your day in your business? Mm-hmm. So I spend my day, a lot of my focus is on writing, um, because uh, writing is, is part of who I am and how I like to express myself. And so thinking about articles that I want to write, thinking about topics, I, so I research what other people are talking about in, in, in certain areas, let's say whether it's being assertive or uh, something about neuroscience and how the brain functions under stress and how we communicate when we're stressed. So I, I do a lot of that. And also I'm, I'm starting now because, you know, I'm on a journey too that I want, I'm expanding what I, how I want to express myself as a professional in other areas, in other areas of personal growth. So I'm starting to write about um, connecting the dots with personal growth and spirituality. And I'm even thinking of, you know, will that fall under point maker communications or is that just Jackie Kelso as a professional able to coach people in another realm of their, of their growth, maybe in personal growth, not professional growth. So that's part of my ongoing journey and that I, that I spend my free time on when I'm not working. Also, what takes up some time is that I frequently have to customize material for either my clients or for Dale Carnegie clients, and that takes a lot of time and effort to develop material, both uh, a manual and also a PowerPoint presentation if I'm delivering it as a training. Right. What, um, I mean, it just sounds like you're a very, very organized person, and <laughs> which I think, I mean, from every businesswoman I've ever had on this show and every businesswoman I've ever talked to is like, hey, if you have to have some level of internal organization and structure, otherwise you're going to be all over the place all the time. So what habits do you have that help you organize yourself and help you to be productive? Mm. Uh, So the way that I organize myself is maybe different from some people who are very high-minded in my priority list for the day, for the week, what I'm going to accomplish by the end of the month. I, I don't think that way. For me, thinking that way makes me feel like I'm boxed in and then I'm not as productive. So I'm a little looser about that. I, I, have a, I, I absolutely have a list of things that I want to accomplish and I have those written down. So I start off my day by um, reviewing, reviewing what's important for today and it might be an emergency if I've got to finish a manual. Or it might be I really want to dig into um, the latest research on leadership and, and, and the brain because I'm looking to write an article. Or it might be because I have to get out the door to coach a client. But it's my the way that I organize myself, and I don't know if this will, will, will help the audience, I hope so, is that it's more organic and, um, and it helps me feel creative and able to focus on what's important in the moment to build upon 
rather than plotting and scheming that I'm holding myself to deadlines because my brain doesn't work that way. Mm. Didn't you at some point have Dale Carnegie actually choose to like build out and produce one of your training manuals? Yes, actually, it was very exciting. They invited me to design a program based on how to deal with difficult people and resolve conflict. And um, that was an honor because, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a company that has a lot of offerings. And, uh, and um, it was just an honor to be asked to do that and deliver it in a public setting. So that was very exciting. Uh, they really do trust me, and uh, we have a substantially healthy, good relationship. I think that's awesome. And how, like, how, what did you actually do to put that in front of their face? I mean, that doesn't strike me as something that they do very often. So how did you well, actually make that happen? Well, because, I, you know, working with the center director, we were talking about how do we generate more interest in and bring people, you know, through the door. And I was, you know, one of the courses that I teach there very frequently is Diplomacy Intact. It's called How to Communicate with Diplomacy Intact, and it's a fabulous program. And I said, you know, one of the one of the topics that comes out of this routinely is really how do I resolve conflict? How do I manage through conflict? And I said that I was, you know, I was so interested in the topic, and especially with the brain-based coaching and helping people understand how to uh, how to resolve conflict by working with uh, the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of the brain, keeping people out of the the the, set, the limbic system, which is the the emotional part of the brain. And I and I said I have this idea for for a workshop, and he gave me the go ahead to do it. Wow! So that was such an honor, such an honor. Yeah. Do you get like? Do you guys basically like co-own that training? Do you get royalties from it? Is it all no, in your they, name? No, they they own it. They do. They hired me to to design it for them, and it's their material. Gotcha. So they just paid you out in order to take care of it. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie, what do you do to stay motivated when you know? You're look. You're really awesome and hyper and have a lot of energy now. But you know, both of us know that that's not the case every single minute of the day. So on those right. down moments when you're not feeling so motivated and you're not feeling so organized, <laughs> what do you do to stay motivated and get you through? You know, I, I absolutely. Well, I love all your questions, but I, I love <laughs> this question because I want to be very candid with you. It gets hard. Some days, and so I'll have a week, or I had this week, this week alone, I had a training gig, I had work, I had something going on five days a week. Now, one of the luxuries of being a consultant, being a freelancer, and at my age, I'm 55 years old, is that I enjoy not having to work five days a week, which is also a choice because it limits income when you do that too, when you make that choice, right? Right. So I was saying, okay... I can make it through this week. Wow. Now, now I'm very grateful that next week I have a much lighter week, so I have more time to work out, to do Pilates, to write, to do whatever I want to do. But if when I have too many weeks like that, I start getting antsy and worried. Oh, my God. Am I going to pick up business? Where is it going to come from? Uh, am I still valuable out there? I go through that, oh, my God, kind of feeling. And when I do that, I use brain-based coaching on myself because I cannot allow myself to go into that kind of spin. It's not okay. 
you know, for a few minutes I can indulge it, but then that's over. Right. So I, I actually have to say to myself, and this is one of my, my sayings, is detach and breathe. So de- detach, and I wrote an article on this. Detach means that I'm going to detach from the emotional pull of this, take a deep breath so that I can think clearly. And when, whenever I do that, come, I, what, I, and what I do is I think back to how I have helped people, the feedback I've gotten from people, and how, how I know that I'm so useful, I, I'm, what I'm doing is valuable, and that I keep getting that as a reinforcement. And then, and then I say, you know, just like every other time I've ever worried, something comes through if I let it go and not worry about it, and then, boom, something comes through, and I let it go. So, in fact, this year, I had, I, I want you, to, I'm going to, I, w- I would love to share with you what I wrote for my goals for this year. Go for it. I was going to ask my, you about the next question. Go ahead. I wrote this in my journal. My goal for this year is to be the kind of professional where people are saying to themselves, I got an appointment with Jackie Kelso. I can't believe it. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that goal. That's a great one. Isn't that great? Yeah. And, and then I said to myself, okay, so that, that's it for this year. That's how I'm feeling about my business and that I want, I want to be completely out of the box. I want to experience new things I'm opening myself up for out of the box. Got a new haircut, a new look. And just have this feeling about being out of the box so that I'm starting to think about what takes me out of the box. What is it that, what does what out of the box feel like? How will I know if it's out of the box? And it's this kind of optimistic attitude I have and with trusting my gut that I know new things will come to me. So wouldn't you know, last week something brand new came to me that was a new client, a new gig, right out of the blue. I could, I could never have planned for it. So there's a lot of trust and um, optimism that goes into making this work. Mm. Jackie, to end with, what advice would you give to anyone listening who uh, wants to build their coaching career, their consultancy? Mm. Mm-hmm. Be an absolute expert at what you do. Be the best. And that means... You, have the schooling, have the credentials, have the practice, and know that you're an expert because uh, you will never be able to accumulate business if you keep failing people's expectations uh, and also because it builds the confidence to know that you can really service people based on what you're promising to deliver. Right. So you must be an expert. And yeah. do what is scary do what is scary. Make sure that you are continually allowing yourself to take risks despite the discomfort because, uh, you know, there is no getting to your potential unless you're willing to take risks and, and be out of your comfort zone. So you must choose to be uncomfortable and keep trusting yourself and, uh, and, and move forward because nothing's going to magically happen just because you wish it. Right. Well, Jackie, I really want to thank you so much for sharing your story and for giving some really great insight as to how you've built your company all this time. So thank you very much. Oh, Katie, it's been such an honor, and I I sincerely hope it's been helpful, and I want to thank you so much for your time. 
definitely the biggest takeaway from that conversation with Jackie was just about how important networking is and relationship building is. Just about every, you know, client that she ended up getting or, um, you know, kind of gig that she ended up having or the entire Dale Carnegie, you know, basically, uh, you know, using her training program happened because she was out there building relationships and starting those conversations. So uh, just another little reminder that in order to truly have a successful business, you need to be out there networking and connecting and building relationships with, you know, potential clients and or um, strategic partners, people who could be good people for you to brainstorm with and, you know, help you out. So hope you enjoyed this interview. I'll see you on the next one. 